0: <laughs> oh well. Uh, well we're doing the attributes of God and uh, I just want to define the attributes of God and that is God's character, God's nature, and God's likeness. And that's that's what we're going to look at today and us four guys are going to try uh, to, answer some of the questions about the attributes of God that I have have written down. But what I'd like us to understand is that our world, and it's important that our world does not reflect that. Our world does not reflect the attributes of God. And this is probably why a lot of people become atheists. They say this world is a certain way and therefore that God can't be all the things that he says he is. And they become angry with with that God, and they refuse to believe in him. And uh, so I want each one of us, as we study the attributes of God, to realize that the world is full of injustice, lies, sin, death, uh, many muddy things. And it reflects the one who rules this world. And we know who rules this world according to the Bible and the world doesn't know it, but it's Satan that rules this world. And also we make the world pretty messy ourselves at times with uh, our selfishness and our anger and uh, all the things that we do in the flesh. So I just uh, want us to realize that the attributes of God are different than that. And a lot of times uh, people, bad things happen to people, we're in a world that you got to lock your houses, lock your cars, because there's people that will steal from you. Uh, girls have to watch out from being raped, and so on. These things happen in our world. And a lot of times these things happen and what do we do blame God, or the evils that are in this world. And uh, so sometimes, I just wanna make that clear. When we look at the attributes of God, we're looking at the goodness of God and not at the fallen world we live in. So I just wanted to make that clear. So, okay, so we have five questions and uh, we're each gonna try to answer them just a little bit. Uh, We'll run into walls where we can't completely answer these questions, but uh, we're just looking at five today. and hope to have more studies on this later. But uh, it is, the first question is, actually is two questions. Is God self-sufficient and does he have needs? And Bruce, you can start out. (laughs) I won't start you every time. All right, that's good. I'm glad we have that. Okay.
1: So maybe before I answer that question, as Johnny pointed out, as we think about the attributes of God and this is very challenging right because we're talking about God the creator of us and we being the creation how are we supposed to define and talk about who God is and so I I really liked how uh, you know Tozer brought out in his book that an attribute of God from a definition standpoint is something that God has revealed or a truth that he has revealed to us about himself so we're going to turn to scripture in order to better understand these attributes so Johnny asked, is God self-sufficient and does he have needs? Well, the answer to the first question would be, is God self-sufficient? Yes, he is self-sufficient because he is self-existent and he's always been. Um, and we'll clarify a little bit more, but, and then does he have needs? No, he does not have any needs. Um, he existed in eternity past. Uh, When you look at the Bible and you read Genesis 1-1, what are the first words in there? In the beginning, God. And this is really hard because when you think about eternity, at least for me, I think about a origin. I think about a start and finish. That's where my mind goes, right? We think about birth. We think about death. We think about a start. We think about a finish. But when you try to put your mind around eternity, it is so difficult and an eternal God who doesn't have that origin he, he's always existed from everlasting as psalm says from everlasting to everlasting and so those are just a couple of comments i had and then maybe just from a scriptural reference around eternity and self-existent you know i, I think about maybe one of the names that god refers to himself as yahweh yahweh means lord i am meaning the eternal self-existent god and that's found in Exodus 3:13 and 14. And then Isaiah 57:15 says, For the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. And Psalm 102, 25 and 27, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You Will change them like a robe and they will pass away, but you are the same, and your years have no end from
0: everlasting to everlasting. Okay, okay. Jason, your turn, I guess, to answer right. them questions those two questions. So, you
2: asked, Is God self sufficient? and I said, Yes, and just the meaning of being self sufficient, mean um, that one would need, would not need any other means to help provide for basic needs outside of themselves. So he doesn't need us or, he doesn't need anything or anyone. And uh, just a few verses, I have the same verses, Bruce from from Psalm 102 um, and then Psalm 90, uh, verse two, it says, before the mountains were brought forth forever, you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. And um, Job 41 11 says, Who has first given me to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. And just one more verse in Psalm 50, uh, verse 10. says, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle of a thousand hills, and just everything is his. And then, uh, uh, does he have needs? I said, no. Uh, He's is only completely self-sufficient being um, who can live by nothing outside of himself. He doesn't even need us. He wants nothing and lacks nothing. He is complete.
0: Uh, that's what I have yeah. okay, thanks,
3: David. Okay, Mike. Okay. Yeah, before I get to these questions, you know, I I really have a desire to learn more about the attributes of God myself. And I think a lot of us have this wrong picture of who God is. Um, And I think as we're going through these um, attributes of God, some people as they're watching this or listening to this may say, well, that's not the God I serve and I think that's what we're trying to show is many of us, you know make idols. Many of us have false gods. We read the very first commandment, "Thou shalt have no other God before me." So if you're going through scripture and you read about God, and it's very clear and evident what his attributes are, and you say, well, that's not the God that I serve, and you need to question who you're serving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very important as we continue through this. If you feel yourself uncomfortable, ask yourself, why am I uncomfortable with that attribute, you know, And as we get in here, it says, is God self-sufficient? Well, yes, of course he is. Um, We're going to first look at Acts 17, 25. And I'll start with 24. And it says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needs anything, because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. So the big part of that is as if he needed anything. God did not need anything. Um, He is clearly self-sufficient. God is the giver of life. If we look at John 5.26, uh, quickly turn there, John 5.26. Uh, We can start with 25, I tell you the truth, a time is coming and now can't come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. For as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself. So there we see that he has life in himself. He is the sufficient one um, and he has no needs. So, so God meets our needs as humans. He created us, out of his sufficiency, out of his self-sufficiency, not as if he needed to fill a hole in his life. So does God have needs? No, he does not. Um, God did not create us because God was lonely. He did not have some unmet need in his life where he, and another way it was, uh, uh, who was it? It was, I can't remember who it was. Anyway, he said there was no hole in God's holiness. Is R.C. Sproul, sorry, there was no hole in God's holiness. So God is all sufficient in Himself. He never thought, as that old that movie with with, with uh, I can't remember who it is anyway. But there's a movie where it says, "You complete me," and that's not what God considers. He never thought, well, man completes me. He throughout of His sufficientness, He created us, um, and I think of that as in a child um father child relationship and if you're if you want children to fill a need in your life that is the exact opposite of what god did god created out of his holiness out of his sufficiency he he created us and not to fill some need in his life so does god have needs no he doesn't I think that's my answer yeah, very good and
0: uh we, there were very good answers. Uh, uh, is God self-sufficient? And I, I just thought of what Mike was saying there. Uh, you know, now we, we are created for what purpose? To, uh, to be like God. And we, we do have needs. We're humans. But as we have brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have family members, they are not there to satisfy me. But i I am there to uh, uh, to I guess edify them and as God 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 is there not to have himself satisfied because he's self-sufficient but uh, he is there to help us and uh, to satisfy us and, and so on so I just thought that being like God in that area so but I put yes and no to. He has no needs. He existed in eternity past. And uh, and I, I went to John one, which is kind of the, John chapter one, which is same in Genesis kind of, uh, in the beginning was the word. So in the beginning was God, in the beginning was the word. And all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So everything that was made was made by God. And uh, so we find that uh, all things uh, are made by him, and there's not anything. And I've been dealing with a Jehovah Witness, and they want to say the first thing that was made was Jesus Christ. Well, this verse contradicts that. Uh, uh, But all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made. And then uh, in Colossians 1.17, by him all things consist, they're held together by our Lord. And uh, so we know that he is self-sufficient. Uh, he has no need of anything. Uh, uh, he did not need the universe or angels or uh, uh, human beings or whatever, he had no need of those things. And when we think of, of God, our God, as being self not self-centered, but God-centered in the sense, and when we think of the Trinity, three persons within within one being, the Father served the Son, the Son served the Spirit, not expecting anything in return, and the Spirit serving the Father. So it was three in one, whereas uh, the world defines, a, a lot of religions define God as one person within one being, and that would only make him self-centered. But the triune God does not make him self-centered, but he is self-sufficient. So, okay, we'll move on to the second question. And Jason, you got this. The second and third questions are kind of the same question, only because there's so much in it. But uh, can we fully comprehend God is the, the second question. Uh,
2: fully comprehend God? No, I said uh, his ways are higher than our ways and his infinite knowledge and is what qualifies him as a sovereign ruler and, and judge over all things. And um, just what you were mentioning in uh, John, uh, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. And think of, uh, he's the creator and uh, just think of First uh, Corinthians, 2, 9, and 10, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God.
0: Okay, okay. so we cannot be comprehended.
3: Uh, Mike, uh, can God be fully comprehended? <clears throat> Uh, that answer, yes, no, no, we cannot fully comprehend God. You know, I started to think of things that we see every day, you know, just the human. Can we comprehend how we can begin in our mother's womb and then develop and our eyes develop and everything? No. Or a duckling, you know, I look at an egg and, you know, we eat eggs and it's, it's a yolk with a little cell and then the membrane around it. And can we comprehend how that can turn into a duckling. I can't even begin to comprehend how that works. So if I can't comprehend these things that I can even see, how could I ever fully comprehend who God is and what he has done? Uh, I think the danger we often have is we try to bring God down to our level. We try to make him into something that we can understand. And in so doing, you know, we, we mold him into somebody that and that you know in our own image that we think well god is this to me and we become the center of that universe so we need to be very careful that we don't try to fully comprehend god in in many of those ways um i had psalm 90 um and it's just it kind of goes with when, when job too where god said where were you oh man when i created this where were you when i set the limits of the waters and brought up the mountains but here in psalm 90 it says lord you have been our dwelling place Throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning, though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. So you just see there how it says, for a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by. So even in a thousand years, we could even begin to comprehend um, what God is. And there's that song where it says, if the ink was filled or the oceans were filled with ink, I could not write the love of God above. We just, there's no way to comprehend God. Um, and, and that is my answer to that
0: question. Okay. and I, I agree. Uh, there's no way to comprehend God. He is infinite. And uh, I had Psalms 147.5 and it's great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. And when we, that term infinite, you know, goes on forever. And uh, there's just when we get to heaven, we're not going to fully comprehend God. He is so much bigger than us. Uh, and he knows all things, it tells us. And so his understanding is infinite. And uh, uh, so there's there's really no way we can comprehend him. So we should be in awe of God. Uh, There is, uh, I think, there's really only two ways of understanding the universe. I mean, there's varieties in those two ways, but uh, either you believe God created the world, which uh, Judaism and Christianity and Islam believe, or you believe the universe is eternal. Those are the only two options you have. And uh, Buddhism and Hinduism believe the the universe is eternal and we are all part of God. Uh, But uh, there's a lot of flaws in that, but we find that God is outside of our creation and uh, he created the world and he's he's an incomprehensible God and uh, he knows all things. Okay, Bruce on that question.
1: Yeah, I don't think I have a whole lot else to add, but my mind went similar to, to Mike, where I was thinking about is it. like, I have difficulty comprehending the things today. I mean, I've been in the utility industry and electric utility industry for over 20 years, and I think I know quite a bit, but at the end of the day, I spent the rest of my life studying how power is generated, how we transmit it, how it's consumed. And I still wouldn't be able to tell you all the ins and outs of electrical movement electrons, right? and i think about god's word you can study scripture every day for the rest of your life and you still wouldn't be able to comprehend fully comprehend god that's just how massive and enormous he is and to illustrate that a little bit more and to bring it out you know just a couple of additional scriptural references isaiah 40 28 says have you not known have you not heard the lord is the everlasting god the creator of the ends of the earth he does not faint or grow weary And his understanding is unsearchable, unsearchable. Just can't comprehend his understanding. And Psalm 145, three says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. I mean, great is the Lord. We praise him greatly, but that greatness, we just can't understand it. We can't comprehend it. So just a couple of other scriptural references here.
0: And so then the third question is kind of a completion of the second question. The, the incomprehensibility could define an attribute of God. How else can we explain this attribute?
3: And, and Mike, do you have anything on that? Oh, yeah. You know, we just got done saying how it's, he's so far above us to understand, but to say God is incomprehensible you know, is not to say that God is utterly unknowable. Um, it is to say that none of us can comprehend God exhaustively. We can't know all there is to know about him, but he has revealed many things to us in scripture. Um, if we search him and, and, and look for him, we will be able to find many attributes. Um, the finite, which we are, cannot contain or grasp the infinite. You know, our minds can go only so far in understanding God and to know God, we need um, his revelation. And that, and that is the word of God. Um, so God has revealed himself, you know, truly to us, not fully, but truly. And if we look to Deuteronomy 29, 29, um, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law. So, you know, there are many things about God that are still secret to us, but he has revealed many things. So once again, the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Um, and, but then also in gen, uh, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, I'll quickly turn there. You know, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So there is that sense um, where human beings were created in the image of God, that we would be like God. Um, We are clearly not God, um, but God has revealed himself, and in us, he has demonstrated many of the things that we can begin to comprehend him by what we see in our lives. Um, So we can never know everything there is to know about even one aspect of God's character or work. Um, But we do know, and the one problem we have is that we know him less because we want to suppress the truth. So as we read through the Bible, there are many things that we can know about God, um, but we want to suppress the truth. We don't want to acknowledge that that is who God is because then we then we become accountable. Um, so we, his uncomprehensibility, his revelation to us, um, he has revealed himself, but we don't want to know that because then we have to be accountable.
0: And I, I put down here, we talked before about him being infinite, going on forever and eternity past, eternity future, just forever. We look at the universe, And what we see is that it goes on forever. We we don't all of a sudden run into a wall. It just goes on forever. Uh, But his immenseness, how big God is, is incomprehensible. We are so small. Uh, Even, I can still remember imagining Uh, dust particles when i was laying in the bed as a kid i can still see dust particles in the air and thinking well maybe someone's living on that dust particle but then you look at the universe and that's exactly what it is we live on this little dust particle in comparison to the immensity of it and how big is our god and i i put down uh Isaiah 40 and and verses 15, uh, well, he started 13. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, who, who being his counselor has taught him with whom took he counsel and who instructed him. He knows everything. Nobody's ever instructed him and taught him in the paths of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as a small dust in the balance behold he taketh up the isles as a very little thing and lebanon is not sufficient to burn for for the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering all the nations before him are as nothing and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity so our god is a huge god and he's infinite and uh To the extent that you can grasp that, that is our God. And we should be amazed at Him and Bruce.
1: Yeah, exactly. God is big. And I guess for me, when I think about incomprehensibility, you know, part of that equation is the fact that I just I can't compare God to it. There's nothing to compare him against. And so it's hard for me to comprehend that, right? And so just to add on, you know, just a couple of scriptural references here. Um, 2 Samuel 7 22 so being incomparable none like him therefore you are great O Lord God for there is none like you and there is no God besides you according to all that we have heard with our ears and Psalm 86 8 says there is none like you among the gods O Lord nor are there any works like you like yours and Isaiah 40 25 says to whom then Will you compare me that i should be like him says the holy one and so when i think of incomprehensibility i think how how do i even begin because god is god he is supreme he is above all and with that there is just nothing else that i can even become close to comparing to god okay just yeah how else can we explain this
2: attribute um just it's fully impossible to understand or comprehend and uh, his knowledge is limitless. And he, but he is everywhere and omnipresent. Just a few verses, a couple of verses here. Deuteronomy 439 says, "Know therefore today and lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. There is no, there is no other. Uh, just saying he's an immeasurable and, uh, Matthew 28, uh, 20, he says, talking about, he's he's always, he will always be with us. And it says, teaching them to observe that all I have command you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. With us to the end of the age. Yeah,
0: Yeah, thanks, Bishop. OK, and then the fourth question is uh, the supremacy of God is an attribute of God. And uh, how would you affirm that truth? And uh, well, we go to the Bible and we, we look at uh, what he's done in the Bible, uh, and I, I wrote some things down here. He, he He's parted the Red Sea. Uh, so he's supreme over water. Uh, he, the earthquakes in, in uh, numbers, uh, the sun stopped at his command, or the earth stopped, I, I guess probably the earth stopped rotating. It stopped. And then it also went back 10 degrees, uh, things like that. Uh, God is so supreme to every natural law that we know of. Uh, the ravens fed, fed Elijah. I mean, uh, iron swam. Uh, And so our God is supreme to all of the natural laws that we have in this world. And uh, uh, I think that uh, uh, as we think of him and we, we do not understand why he allows sin for a time, and he is, why he's allowing it, but someday... It tells us that he will come back and bring the order back. And, uh, uh, but he is supreme to all those things. And someday he's coming back. And that's who we worship. And we become so lazy in our worship sometimes and less amazed because we hear it and how guilty we are. But yet Jesus died for us. And isn't that wonderful? So he is supreme. Okay, then Bruce.
1: Yeah, when I think of supreme, I think of power and the attribute of God of being all powerful. And I like some of the references where the question is asked, you know, is anything too hard or too difficult for me, says the Lord? And so, um, you know, a couple of those here in Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth By your great power and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. And then continuing Jeremiah in verse 27, he says, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh is anything too hard for me. So when I think of supremeness and think of God and his infinite power, I think there is nothing that God cannot do except for sin, but cannot do within his perfect will. And so that came to mind when yeah. I thought about supremeness. Jason, um,
2: he is supreme to all. How do you affirm the truth? Uh, Subversion, Exodus uh, tells us that he is the great I am. And Isaiah 43 uh, reveals to us him, to us that he is the only one and only true God. And then First uh, Corinthians 8, 6 says, through him we are created and redeemed
1: verses.
3: Yeah, okay. Mike. Um, Yeah, so he is supreme to all. If we look at Deuteronomy 10, um, start with verse 12, and it says, and now, O Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and Decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. To the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens in the earth and everything in it. Yet the Lord set his affection on your forefathers and loved them, and he chose you their descendants above all nations as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff necked any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, the mighty and awesome who shows no partiality and, set and accepts no bribes. So right there, I mean, he says, for the Lord, your God is God of gods. So he, he's not only supreme, but he just declares his own supremacy. Um, Exodus 20, once again, in the commandments, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. So he just sets up his supremacy and saying, I am God and you shall have no other gods before me. Um, that is utter supremeness. And then if we look at first. Kings. Um, this is one of the ones where, um, that I always go to when I think of the supremacy of God. First Kings eighteen twenty, And this is where, where he says, it's God against Baal. And it says, so Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions if the Lord is God, follow him, but if Baal is God, follow him, and, and that story goes on, as you probably know it, too, where they set up altars, and they the, the people chanted and did all these things to try to get their God to consume the altar, and then Elijah said, pour on more water, put on more water onto his altar, and God, the God of gods, the supreme God, whipped up destroyed the, or burned up the altar and consumed the water. Um, So whenever I think of supremacy, I think of those, those verses where, where God can do all things. He is supreme to any other of these false gods that people may create. Um, And then lastly, how would I affirm that truth that God is supreme? I'm sitting here and we are here. I mean, that's right there. We're created. We, We are a being, we we came from somewhere, so God is supreme. That, that was one of my answers there. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, I just thought of one thing, too, uh, and I got it written down here, but I didn't say it, it. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, amongst the gods? And I think it's very important for us to realize that these gods were real. There are principalities and powers talked about in the New Testament. And God is greater than those powers and principalities. They're evil forces, but they are real. And uh, they came into our world and deceived man. So uh, the greatness of that verse is that if these gods are just made up, well, what's a big deal? you are greater than them. But these are very powerful beings and they were, they were, they are still in our world, so principalities and powers. But, okay, the last question, God might have continued alone for all eternity without making known his glory unto his creatures, but he has made himself known. How has he made himself known? In this Bruce you, you get to go, yes. All
1: right. Well, I'll just give out one of them. Um, you know, there's, there's several here. I'm sure we'll hit on them through Jason, Mike, and John. But, you know, he has made himself known through creation. And that's very clear. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 19. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature, which we've been talking about eternal power and divine nature, having clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. And so you can look around and just see the, uh, see God and what has been created because God created, you know, whether it's the vegetation, whether it's the animals, whether it's us as created beings, but you look around and, and, and it's clear, no matter what you look at, those invisible aspects or attributes of God made visible through His creation. I agree with Bruce uh, through through nature. As we take
2: a look around inside here, look at us, and uh, He created us, and go outside and look around, and created all creation for us. Um, then, in His Word, through the prophets, He, he uh, made made them known, and through Christ, um, God in the flesh, He came to this earth to die for us, and that's how He, um, another reason He made Himself known, and then the, His Spirit uh, in our hearts, we know right from wrong, and uh, He sent the Spirit to, to um, know that.
0: Yep. Very good, Jason. Yeah. Okay.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, so also, again, how has God made himself known? Um, there's many different ways through nature, um, through our conscience, through special revelation, which is the Bible, um, and then in Christ Jesus and in his children, um, through sanctification in our lives. I think there's a very re- a real sense that he's made himself known in that. Um, quickly, we'll turn to Jeremiah 9, 23. It says, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. Let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight. So God has made himself known to us, to man. Um, And in nature, yeah, we can clearly see that he has created and he has made many things. You know, and people want to tell us, well, in the beginning was nothing and and nothing exploded. And if you ever try to think of nothing exploding, try to wrap your head around that. Even in that sense, nothing becomes something. So it's a contradiction from the very beginning. So God created and so he's made himself known through creation. The human conscience, you know, think about that. Why would we have any desire at all for right, for wrong. Um, We should have absolutely no desire. If we were not created by God, we would have utter destruction because we would all only want to consume all the time, the survival of the fittest type mentality. So there would be no conscience whatsoever. Um, Special revelation in the Bible. Um, He's made us, he's, he's clearly given us his word so that we we may know him. And then in Christ, becoming his children. I mean, we can know God because of what he does just in the life of a believer, how he brings us, brings a man like me from utter destruction and a person that cared nothing for God to where you care about God and to where you then become to care about others. And then you come to give and want to know more about God. I mean, that that in the life of a believer is utterly amazing. So we can know God through that to take a, a fisherman and turn him into somebody that would then die for Christ on the crop, you know, on upside down on a cross yeah. in, in order to take the Zacchaeus, like we talked about earlier, a tax collector and have him want to climb a tree, see Jesus and become saved through that, through that process. And then actually want to give money back. I mean, that, that is how we know God, and we can know God because we can see that He demonstrates that process in throughout eternity, and throughout the Word, the, the, His Bible, over and over again. You see people's lives changed forever, um, and that is how He makes Himself known.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll just I put down nature to myself, because I, I it is so obvious and you deal with an atheist, and all oh, they'll say, it's it's not very obvious. It, 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 um, but Paul, you know, they attack Christians as saying, we come to Jesus for a crutch, uh, so they attack us. And sometimes we don't know what to say when they say that, because I, I did come to Jesus for a crutch for, for, for helping me with my sin. But Apostle Paul attacks, in Romans 1, attacks the unbeliever. He says, you suppress the truth. You hold it down. You don't want it. And he says, is it so obvious? And it it really is. It's so obvious that there is a God. And they, they suppress it. They don't want it. So they can live, as someone said here, a life they want to live without responsibility to God. And uh, so I think uh, uh, God has revealed himself and he's made himself known, as some said, in Jesus Christ, in his word and the Holy Spirit. Uh, so he's done a great work and he's continually working. And uh, just praise God that we have such a great God. And uh, let's, let's just close with prayer. Jason, if you'd close with prayer.
2: Lord, we just we just thank you for this time that we can uh, just look into your your attributes, Lord. Just a, a couple of them that you have, and you have so many. And uh, we just thank you for uh, just being that one and only true God who who knows all, sees all, and hears all. And just thank you for uh, just just loving us that um, you 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 could uh, just send your Son to die for us, Lord. we Just just thank you for this time again. Um, may we just continue as we live our life this week, just growing knowledge of you and, and growing wisdom and just guide us in our, in our lives, Lord. We just pray this through your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks Amen. to the